good to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome to episode 258 of the Dave's I Know podcast. Uh, this is a this is not a fun one to record. I'm just gonna say that out loud to start. But uh, hopefully, hopefully this we're is the beginning of my trauma therapy. There we go. We're we're gonna be Justice Therapy Couch today. So, Jess, today how are you doing? I know we have negative Nathan number one, negative Nathan number two, negative Nancy number three. <laughs> Jess, how are you doing? Uh, well, uh, I'm okay. I'm not like, it wasn't real until now. I think that's why I was really dreading the pod today. I was like, oh, I have to own up to the reality that was the poo poo Sunday of a week. And, and God, I don't know if I'm ready, but I'm ready. All right. (laughs) Sounds good. MJ, how about you? How are you doing? You know, it's been a, a busy uh, two weeks and a busy two months, so uh, I'm busy and kind of stressed, but you know what? I still have fun watching the loons, even when they lose. It's just fun. Oh my God, how you sadist. Well, I'll talk about it, it <laughs> a little bit about the, the Dallas game. Cause I had fun at the Dallas game in spite of those three goals. Um, and I'll tell you why when we get to there. So let's start off with the other shit burger, the, uh, the, <laughs> the, the bottom bun of the shit burger that we had this week, RSL three loons, nothing, uh, zero nil. They Zilch. get us every time. They get us every Good time. Egg. Stop me when you've heard this before we're playing at high altitude. It's an away and game. Keith, Keith heavily rotates the squad, never having used this combination of players before in a new formation that we've never played before, and we lose. Well, you know, you... We're... yeah, we had Go to ahead. try new things, though. I mean, we're yeah. kind of fucked in the Injury department. You should try new things with three new players. You with know, three n- at, not, at home not sometimes. 11. At home sometimes 11. when you have the fans and yeah. I'm always a fan of trying new things, whether it's on the pitch or in the bedroom. Um, just maybe, maybe not at high altitude um, against a p- potential playoff opponent. Yeah, that's just that's just me though. As you mentioned, uh, MJ, heavily rotated squad. Uh, the only attacking starter that we had was Bongi. The regular regular attacking starter was Bongi uh, starting. Uh, Ray stayed at home, and Frank Payne did not play. Ray was obviously on a yellow uh, or a, another yellow. He'd be suspended for a game, and mm-hmm. they didn't want him out of the Dallas game. And then Frank Payne was the same, although they did have him on the bench for this match. But he definitely did not did not play. It was, a as you mentioned, MJ, at a formation that we haven't seen. We've seen Minnesota roll it out in the past a couple of times, but not this year at all. I don't 
think? I don't remember. I've seen five three twos, and I've seen uh, four three threes, but I I've not seen this one. the The Christmas tree. It's the four three two one. You know, and if you add the goalkeeper down at the bottom, it looks like a fucking Christmas tree. Um, oh, cannonball. Our French expert knows how to sing in German, and I don't know of another podcast you're going to hear a French expert singing in German. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Go uh, concert choir. Yeah, so the, the problem with the Christmas tree formation is... Is that it blew. You're you're very strong in the middle and down down the middle in the center, but you're very weak on the flanks. You're not you don't have a lot of breadth. It showed. Yeah, weirdly, uh, two of the first two goals were from you know the outside <laughs> attacking into the middle. Imagine Spe- that. Speaking of those goals, uh, first goal, seventh minute, RSL. Um, there's a ball in. Coleman heads it but doesn't head it out of the box. It heads the ball straight to Cordova, who is literally unmarked. He's able to take a touch and shoot past Dane St. Clair for the goal. Um, that was a, a comedy of errors from Brent Coleman, as well as the Minnesota United defense. The 23rd minute, RSL again uh, has, there's a, a, a very bad clearance. Um, defense completely breaks down and Saverino, Jefferson Saverino is able to slot it home to give RSL a two nothing lead. You know, Minnesota had had some chances. Um, they're finishing again. This is hopefully this is, you know, after this game, I was like, hopefully it's not a start of a trend. Um, after watching both this game and the Dallas game, I'm getting a little worried that it might be the start of a trend. Uh, they're finishing, which you know have been so good um, or have been bet- much better. Not not great, but better the last, say, you know, eight or nine games just completely abandoned Minnesota this week uh, for, you know, whatever reason, both the, the substitutes and, and the, the bench players that played in this game, as well as our starters uh, against FC Dallas on Saturday. So, so our goes up to nothing. Uh, Dane St. Clair dislocates his finger at some points in the middle of this, all this. Uh, he, so he was taken out at halftime. Um, they were able to pop the finger back in, but I think just precaution, precautionary stuff they they kept him out uh extras are negative so they said he was ready to play on saturday which we obviously saw uh so he's made a bunch of subs at halftime three as a matter of fact uh tyler miller came in for dane st Clair, o'neill fisher for benitez who had an atrocious game as well and then robin lude comes on for abu Dalati. and you know when don Lottie's starting that you're throwing away the game so <laughs> and you know to his credit, he made five subs in this game in the 61st minute. Amaria comes on for Garcia. Uh, and then Kevin Kervin Ariaga comes in in the ninth, 69th minute, which is nice for Jonathan Gonzalez. However, 10 minutes later, uh, Ariaga sloppily gives the ball away. Um, Brody picks it up, who passes to an unmarked, uh, well, a semi-marked Anderson Julio, who just ran onto the ball. Um, rounded Miller. Miller, Tyler Miller making an interesting choice to come out and try and slide tackle 20 yards outside the 18 <laughs> Anderson Julio just rounds him and is able to pass the ball into the back of the net. So, which gave ourselves the three, nothing victory as it were. So any MJ or just any thoughts on any of these goals? You missed or any- the most prophylactic sub and that was lewd for Bongi. 
No, I said it. It was, Ludford, it was Ludford Delati. Oh, okay. My bad. What yeah. do we mean by prophylactic? It was very, very preventative because Lude was going to be playing a more defensive, like he just plays better defense and he turns the ball because over less. RSL has crap. Well, they're Mormons. So RSL probably has some um, really super highly charged STDs that have been making their, making their rounds in the, uh, <laughs> In, in Provo, so fundamentalists, Mormon fundamentalists, and Mormons. STDs can be very incestuous, is what David's trying to say. And once they get in, once they get into a closed system like that, they just yeah. uh, they get. Yeah, like Darwin, you know. The but he's in Houston. <laughs> anyway, carry on. No, I uh, I like the halftime subs. I thought they were the right changes. It's just. Ah, grr. Yeah, yeah. I had uh, to subject myself to the radio broadcast score north on my phone, which, you know, is not my favorite way to watch a game because I'm not watching it. Um, so that was already slightly obnoxious. And then uh, after they scored a second, I just turned that stream off. And I decided I didn't need to pay attention. So it was easily, um, you know, uh, fragmented. You know, I put it in a little box in my brain and I put it on a shelf and I didn't just pretended like there was no game. That's fair. Probably the better way to do it. Um, it hurt. It hurt my heart less. <laughs> uh, I was just really frustrated with the rotation um, at the time specifically, because I, you know, I, I knew it was coming. Adrian Heath had said it in the post game show, obviously, but it just seems like there's, and I know it's MLS and there are certain games where you just kind of need to play for a draw, um, and just hope for the best. Just, there are a lot of games in a very short period of time, a lot, you know, quick turnarounds. It was hundred degrees in, in Utah on Wednesday. So I understand it was, you know, really hot. Good and, Lord you know, altitude and all that. So it's, it makes sense it's a game that you should, you definitely should, but to, you know, pretty much wholesale, the attack was frustrating. And then, you know, you, you do that, you obviously lose the game. You're like, okay, well, we're prepared for Saturday then. And then obviously spoiler alert, not we're prepared not. for Saturday. Uh, so, so I was frustrated at the, with the rotation at the time, doubly so with the result on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. And then, more and I, I think I even mentioned this on Twitter. There, there's a conversation, and I was like, I'm just you know, I'm giving the team a benefit of the doubt. Obviously, not great that we rotated, that we got the shit kicked out of us by a you know potential playoff opponent at home, uh, at their place. And um, but the team had built up, has built up some goodwill over the course of the last two and two and a half months or whatever, right? They, they yeah, generally been playing pretty well. well. With, who? with with the fans, with, oh, with, with people like us, like they they built up goodwill in terms of like. One result shouldn't, uh, you know, the, the sky isn't falling. And yeah. I said that I said I said it specifically, um, you know, as the 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 you know conductor of the Heath out train. I'll give Heath credit when I feel like it's due, and he definitely earned. He's earned some. He at that point had earned some goodwill, and then. Um, but I was like, but more importantly, I'm just I was frustrated with how easily RSL just completely bypassed our midfield all game. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there was so many, so many balls that just went over the midfield right onto an attacker who was then running at uh, Benitez or at Coleman or at Boxall. Um, not so much uh, DJ Taylor, uh, but definitely running at Benitez and Coleman and Boxall. Um, I, and I don't know how, I mean, the team just it, literally every, almost every time Arso had the ball, just they kicked it over our midfield. And then there was, you know, just RSL running at Dane St. Clair and then Tyler Miller in the second half. It was, that was, I couldn't, I haven't seen that Minnesota midfield play like that in quite some time. You know, the, the midfield three of the four, three, two, one, uh, Jonathan Gonzalez, Will Trapp and, uh, Joseph Rosales. The, at times they looked like they had really good chemistry. The issues I saw were when we lost the ball. As soon as there was a turnover, when we had the ball, it looked like there was good chemistry and they kind of knew where to be. It's those worst case scenarios of, oh, now we don't have the ball. And they went over the top of them. And well, all like, three, everyone's out of position. That's because all three out of position are, and our, and our back line slow. It's because all three were playing as eights for some reason. Like yeah, there, was yeah. no one, there was no one sitting back in like that six role yep. um, protecting the, the center backs, which I just do not understand how... I mean that couldn't have that that couldn't have been the game plan, right? That there's no way in hell that that was the game plan. Was okay, you're all gonna attack, um, and then we're just gonna leave Coleman and Boxo all alone in the in the center of the pitch. Yeah. That so either there was a, a massive miscommunication um, between Trap Rosales, uh, Ariaga uh, and uh, um, or no Trap Gonzalez and uh, Rosales. And, and each other and Adrian Heath or the game plan was, Oh yeah, no, when we have the ball, we're going to press and then and, and an attack. And then we're just going to not play defense when we turn the ball over. Cause that third goal yep. was specifically Ariaga turns the ball over. They boot it over everybody. And then it's just, it's just uh, Jefferson Savarino or sorry. Um, uh, Anderson Julio running with Brent Coleman and Anderson Julio is going to win that that foot race 10 times out of 10. Yes. So it was just, it was doubly frustrating too, because I can understand you rotate the attack doesn't work because you have four players on the attack who have never played, who have very like played together, maybe all of an hour or so in training or whatever. Right. I get that. Your attack is, is not as sharp as it normally is, but you know, that midfield especially if you're going to play, you know, three players in that midfield and play that four through three, two, one, you need those guys to be communicating and someone sitting back and playing, whether you want to play more like a diamond or whether you want to play, you need someone, especially with common back there, you need, you needed a trap or Gonzalez or somebody playing in that more yeah. of that six role. Gonzalez is not an eight either. That's the other fucking crazy thing is like, we had, about this, David. we had an argument just, about this just staying back i don't know anyways that was I, frustrating I, I said we don't know how to scout a six well jonathan is actually a six so that is the fucking thing like that dude is not a that yeah, dude is well. he's not a destroyer six by all means he's not he's not alonzo he is right. but he's definitely a six he's not he's definitely not an eight he's so, definitely not a guy who gets into the into the attack Maybe maybe when this season is all wrapped up, we can talk over whether we don't know how to scout a six or we don't know how to coach someone to play a six in Heath's system. But I mean, it, it's it can be both. Let's put it that way. 
Yeah. Thank you. Um, all right. And finally, uh, four shots for the loons, none on target. Again, I, I can, if you're going to rotate your, your entire attack, basically, um, I can understand your, your, you know, shots on goal and everything not being great, but you gotta, you gotta put shit on frame. You you can't just not have any goals on shots on frame. And they didn't, I don't think Minnesota had their second shot on goal until like the 60 something minute when we were, was already two goals down well into the second half, I think was when we had our second shot. So Minnesota just did nothing to, to push this game, which is again, really frustrating, but it would have been okay if Luns had come out and played uh, well on Saturday, the matinee with FC Dallas. Mm-hmm. However, they did Mwah. not. Uh, Loons zero FC Dallas three in this game. First half was pretty quiet. Uh, however, Frank Payne gets a yellow card in the 20th minute, a uh, pretty dumb yellow card, which means he's out for the next game. Uh, yeah. The 23rd minute race Reynoso uh, goes down. Um, and, and I would say FC Dallas, their entire game plan was to take Ray out of the, out of the play. Oh, it was and, so clear. And, and they it did that. Very effectively. Very much so. The, uh, if an Alfred, the, um, the referee for this game uh, did not have any control over that. I mean, it was, it was punchy from the start. Paul Ariola and Brent Coleman were getting into it in like the fourth minute uh, right mm-hmm. in front of the wonder wall. It was, this game was very much FC Dallas went out and basically wanted to punch the loons in the face. And you know what? They punched the loons in the face uh, in the 45th minute. Reynoso goes down in pain again, um, right by the sideline. He literally rolls off the pitch instead of staying on the pitch while the game was going on um, to just to get treatment uh, before uh, before halftime. And so first half ended 0-0, which I thought was a you know pretty fair result. I thought this game was going to be, you know, like a, a 1-1 draw at that point. I was like, there's I think I lose aren't gonna win this game, I don't think, but you know, I don't think they're gonna lose this game. Um, right. After that, we didn't get scored on in the last 10 minutes of the first half. I was like, okay, well, we'll take a draw if we have to take a draw. But then boy, was I wrong. Um, <laughs> so I, so I got up, so we had, we brought Ragnar to the game. Um, Clara was with my, uh, had her, she spent the afternoon with my, with my folks. Um, and so I like about the 53rd minute, I get up. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go to the. I'll just run to the bathroom real quick. I'll come back down. Um, I get to the bathroom. I hear the boxo own goal. Uh, I don't even hear the second goal the, in the 56 minute. The Alan Velasco goal. Uh, and then as I'm getting back to my seat, I see the Ferreira goal in the 58th minute. So I was not even in my seats. Like I was like on was in the concourse, getting ready to walk down the steps to where I where I stand. And I then I saw the fur goal. I was like, oh, two nothing. Okay. And then I looked up at the at the uh the scoreboard and I was like, wait, three? When the, when the fuck did they get the second goal? It wasn't until I got home and watched the replay that I saw the Velasco goal. So so people who are there, do you guys have anything anything you want to say specifically? Anyone who actually watched the goals live? Uh anything you want to say specifically about any of those three goals? Well, when the First one, I just put my head down and in my lap because I couldn't, I just couldn't face it. And then by the time I'm willing to like start sitting back up, 
and then focusing and then the second goal. And I, then I get up and I boo quite loudly as they celebrate right, you know, in my vicinity. And the blonde security lady was like digging my passion. <laughs> she was like, yeah, you tell them. <laughs> I was like, I like you. <laughs> um, you can stay. But, and then I was like, Brie, if I can't, Brie, I can't, I can't face this. And then they score another one. I don't even watch the replay. I, I'm like up the stairs. I'm like, Brie, we got to go. I can't handle it. I can't. I can't. So I've been, you know, just running away from my feelings all <laughs> week. Well, the um, MJ, do you have anything you want to say about any of the goals before? The the box alone goal. I just have to say, when you're when you're slow and out of position, and instead of having your butt towards the net and facing and seeing the three to five people running at you you're now having to turn around because you, you can't run as fast running backwards. So you have to run forward. So you have to turn your ass around and then you can't see anything. You're just hustling. Turn to get back. around every now and then. You get a little bit closer. Yeah, to that's the one. Claire. <laughs> okay. the, the, the issue is, is then when that cross is coming, you have no idea whether you need to put your head, foot or body on that ball or maybe no one's over there but you can't see that there's no way you can see that you're not in a position to to see whether you need to do that so you know you you throw a leg out and you you touch it and then it goes into the net because that's the way you're facing and that's you know that's where the ball is going to go um it's just uh it's really frustrating to to see even when we've won seeing like defensive faux pas like this over and over again but especially like two own goals in the last two games it's frustrating and on one of the pregame shows i believe heath was saying oh dallas is going to play in a 4-3-3 and so we talked about how we need to defend their 4-3-3 so it sounded like heath had some sort of tactical recognition of what dallas were going to try to do and that they had spent some time in training, you know, here's what Dallas is going to try to do in their 433. Here are the spaces where we need to zone mark, man mark here, what else? Sounds like they tried to like look at some video and do some stuff, but man, was it shit. It was absolute shit, the defense, for those four or five minutes. I I will say, um, if that was the case, if that was truly that they practiced it, hey, Seuss Ferreira said. Uh, fuck your plan. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Cause uh, if Boxwell doesn't put a, a boot on that ball, um, Ferreira puts it on the back of the net on that own goal. Cause he was, he was right there. So I don't, I don't fault Boxy as much for that one. I mean, he clearly, I, I don't think he gets to it, but okay. We, we I mean, well, th- either Ferreira and St. Clair, maybe get to it at the exact same time. If St. Clair, but St. Clair also needs to call Boxy out on that one and just let him know. Um, yeah, St. Clair needs to help him out on that one as well. So, yeah, Boxo, it's an own goal for Boxo. It's deserved. I don't think – I think he doesn't deserve all of the blame for that one. I think there's some to go around. And I think I, – I don't know, man. I saw Ferreira 
watching the replay, he was streaking behind uh, Boxall. And I think he was ahead of Boxall, I think, at that point, actually. So if Boxall doesn't get to it and Dane St. Clair doesn't get to it, Ferreira just tapped, you know, he just he toes it in. So I give, I won't give Boxall all of the blame for that one. You know, maybe like 75% of the blame. Yeah, uh, like Benitez, I think, was the next closest guy. Yeah. Trailing after Ferreira. Yeah. And, and, and Ferreira was, he was well, well in front of Benitez. Benitez wasn't anywhere near uh, Ferreira. So, like, he clearly, yeah. he had to make a play on that ball because I, I think you, you can't, you can't just, it's that close. You can't assume that Saint St. Clair is going to get to it. Obviously, you hopefully you do a little bit better with it and you, you, you know, and not just like have a striker's instinct and put it in the back of your own net. But, um, however, I will say, on both the Velasco goal and the Ferreira goal, the, the 58th uh, minute goal um, where Ferreira heads it in Boxo is so Coleman is completely ball watching on the 56 minute goal, the Velasco goal. Um, there was a uh, DJ Taylor slip and, and fell, which gave Velasco yeah. a lot more room box, but Coleman was ball watching on that one. And then in the 58th minute goal Ferreira with the header, um, Legette puts the ball in. I think this one Boxo was completely ball watching had no idea where Ferreira was and Ferreira was able just to get right behind him and put the ball in the back. And now maybe Boxel should have been done a little bit better and tried to got his head on the ball. I mean, he should have, he had to, he didn't jump at all. He was just, he was completely ball watching there. So unless we're running an offside trap, we should have someone between Ferreira and the net at all times. That's kind of my, you know, anywhere around the box, you know, in, in like, if it's, in the 18-yard box, make sure we're man-marking for someone's on Ferreira. And he it, slipped through and had no one on him at yeah. times. It, w- it was a recycled ball, so we weren't running a trap at that point. I mean, it was off of a free kick. Um, I think there was someone a Someone on him. And then, it, yeah, it got, it got cleared. And, yes, yeah, so, so we weren't running an offside trap on that particular play. So, so no. The, the it was, second goal, the Velasco goal, I will say that uh, DJ Taylor did slip, as you pointed out, uh, yes, there were some people ball watching, but I just put that as Dallas is good at passing and finding open people. Um, it was a really pretty goal, even on the Loon's best day with Ico Parra and, and Ozzy Alonso on the pitch. I don't know if we prevent that goal if we have a fullback slip in that spot. So um, it was a nice goal. Yeah, there were some errors on there. I'm more frustrated with the other two. The other two were just atrocious. Yeah, they were not great. And a span of like four and a half minutes um, doesn't help things either. Uh, it gets worse for Minnesota in the 69th minute. Frank Payne gets his second yellow card for arguing with the referee. Why was he not subbed off? I don't, I do not know. I mean, I figure maybe Heath was like, well, he's already going to be sitting out a game. Might as well just let him finish the game. However, did not take into account the fact that if he gets a second yellow card, he gets a red card and now he's out for two games. Not oh, just one game. God so he's out for the game against Portland on Saturday. He's also out for the LFC match on Tuesday. Two Can pretty important. Just, like, tap on Inchi's shoulder. Be like, excuse me. You do remember that, you know, I got, I bet he'd slap you on the back. Be like, oh, God damn, you're right. And like change his mind, perhaps in a much better accent of regional relevance. Just for assistant manager. Just for assistant manager. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't understand why why he was on. I mean, I I think that he maybe just assumed that. Oh yeah, there's a, there's a shot we could get three goals and, and salvage this game. Um, I don't know why he would have thought that, but that's that that is the only logical explanation that I can think of. Where he's like, you know, actually we have a chance. We could score three goals really quickly. They've scored goals pretty quickly 
Um, but yeah, leaving him out there for the opportunity to get a, a, a second yellow. So I'm, I don't quote me on this. I'm like, I think the discipline report comes out tomorrow, according to Bridget. Um, so we'll know for sure if he's suspended for two games, he's definitely out for sure against Portland because of the mm-hmm. yellow, the first yellow card. And I think because it's a second yellow card, which turned into a red card, he's automatically suspended for a second game. But so it, it's possible he might be available for LAFC, in which case I guess it's not the worst thing in the world, but also just super fucking stupid. And that's MJ Anon thinks that he has a romantic getaway planned and he just needed a two game break. And this is the only way that he would, would let him off is, you know, so. Sure. Sure. Be. Or, or think about this. Fragapani is a hothead. He's a known hothead mm-hmm. and hotheads get yellow cards. Yeah. yeah maybe, maybe that's the reason. Maybe it's not that there's some ulterior motive and, you know, he needs to fly away and get away from the game for a while. Oh. Right. And for the second game in a row, um, when we're getting the shit kicked out of us three to nothing, we use all five subs. Um, I forgot to mention in the 62nd minute, uh, Mender Garcia came on for Reynoso, who I don't understand why he even came out for the second half. He was limping early in the game. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like the 23rd minute, he you know, goes down into massive amounts of pain in the 45th minute. Um, why he even came out for the second half is beyond me, but Garcia comes in for him in the 62nd minute. And then the 70th minute, right after that, uh, red card to Frank Payne, uh, Alan Benitez comes on for Kamar Lawrence. And then seven minutes later, Ariaga Gonzalez and Rosales come on for lewd trap and bongi. Um, basically just trying to minimize the, the damage. However, damage is already done. Um, Again, you know, this is I mentioned this in the RSL game. We had 15 shots, only two on goal. Um, we made in Martin, one of them was just like it really just hit like Martin Pace. Like, we didn't make Martin Pace, uh, the FC Dallas goalkeeper, do any work whatsoever. I think one hit his chest and one was a, a pretty good oh, yeah, no, as well. So, like, we were lobbing him over the plate. Not great. Not great. We need to, you know, and this is, goes back to our finishing, you know, unless which, it's a cheese grater on my eyes then it's great. Yeah, exactly. And I mentioned earlier, Reynoso just absolutely mauled um, every time he got near the ball. That was clearly the FC Dallas game plan. They executed to perfection. And hopefully uh, this tape gets destroyed and no one else in MLS can watch this tape because this is how you take out Minnesota. It sounds like Reynoso is probably going to miss the next cup, next two games. Um, just resting. Uh, that has not been confirmed. Obviously there's, there's still, you know, several days in the week here. We'll see how he feels Wednesday, Thursday, but it wouldn't surprise me if Reynoso, I mean, definitely doesn't make the trip to Portland. Maybe he's ready to go on Tuesday at home. Um, but I would, it would shock me if uh, Reynoso was available on Saturday at Portland. Okay. Any, anything else on Dallas or the RSL game? I'll save Otherwise, it for the big questions. Okay, let's jump into our Freddie Adu's then. We decided instead of doing it for two, get each each one for one for each game. It just made more sense just to do it for the week because, man, that was a shit week. So, uh, MJ, let's start with you. Uh, who's your uh, shitty Freddie Adu? My shitty Freddie Adu is uh, Franco Fragapani, for for obvious reasons. I mean, in part of it is on the coaching staff for not realizing, hey, we have a hothead on the team that yes, could help us score goals, but also could, in addition to getting a yellow card suspension, 
get a second yellow. This has happened before when we have gotten red cards that were second yellows. We're just like, couldn't we have subbed that guy on for someone else that's on the bench just to put him in there and then make sure he they we don't risk getting that red? And knowing who your players are, like Lude probably can play with the yellow, probably isn't going to get a second yellow. You know, Trap or Fragapane, good chance they get a second yellow. <laughs> Know yeah. your team for, for crying out loud. <laughs> yep. I uh I went with the, the center backs, Coleman and Boxall. Um yeah, no, well deserved. <laughs> well deserved. <laughs> they, they did they definitely did not cover themselves in any glory this uh this week. Much ado about nothing right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh I and honestly, man, I didn't I couldn't think of any a single player who played well. Um that would be deserving of, of good Freddie Adu. I guess, uh, I mean, Bongi was running in that RSL game for the, like he, he was, he was, he yeah. tried. And in yeah. the game against Dallas, he was, you know, he was trying, nothing was, he was, his finishing was absolutely atrocious. So if I, if I have to gun him, I have to give it to somebody, I'd probably give it to Bongi, but I don't think anyone, anyone deserved it. Um, he finally MJ. realized that we shouldn't start Benitez against the team that can attack really well. Um, so we we got Kamar Lawrence back, and so we had Lawrence on the left and G.J. Taylor on the right, and it felt good for a team that wants to try to absorb pressure. That's a positive. Um, I thought yeah. Robin Lude was my standout as far as, like, knowing what to do no matter what position he's in, no matter whether his team's supporting him or whether his team is looting him on the left, looting him on the right. He's getting isolated, no one to pass to. It happens to, to Bongi and Fragapane and, and Reynoso, too, where – they get the ball and people run away from them. They run away from, from players on the attack. They don't run towards to make the short pass. And considering that Lude and Fragapane and Reynoso all seem to want to play short ball or Barcelona ball or Tiki Taka, whatever you want, they all seem to want to play those kind of short passes. It's just mind boggling that it's like clockwork. Someone gets the ball on the wing and like Keith is saying, everyone crowd the center for the cross. Everyone just flee from the ball carrier and, and, and go to the middle. It's just frustrating. But I thought Lude is my one good Freddie Adu. Yeah. All right. I, I can buy that. Um, Jess, do you have any post-match hot or not? Or is it just too depressed? Oh, too <laughs> depressed. I feel, I feel like Ben and Jerry's pajamas couch this is there's no there's nothing simmering here that's all right this is the most no negative ice cream has been featured on this pod ever <laughs> uh okay well let's move on then um some big questions uh, the big question i think that everybody had you know why are we sucking well i mean no not really um why oh, did we not okay. add a center back um is the question I think that everybody's oh, asking. Sure, uh, sure. That was my second one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and if you guys got a chance to read, Andy Greeter had an article in the Pioneer Press uh, that talked, he talked to Mark Watson a little bit about this. And, you know, the, the teams, it, it, I don't want to cast any aspersions, right? The team clearly yes, had a very, do. very limited window. No, I don't, because they have team had a, like, there was like all the, the people who, you know, talking about John Brooks and like, that would have been amazing. Um, the dude, you know, it, it was not going to happen because he clearly wants to stay in Europe. He had teams lined up. He was just waiting. Um, 
anyways, long story short, in terms of with the very limited window, right, with basically like six days, um, the transfer window had closed. So you could only sign players who were out of contract. Um, you know, most of the players would would have required an international spot. Um, plus, there's discovery list stuff. So, you know, I I get and I understand the logic behind why we didn't sign a, a another center back. Now, I don't agree with it. I think we should have tried, and I don't even think the team tried. Uh, or at least that's not the indication I got from reading uh, Andy's article that they were just basically resigned to the fact that they were not going to pick up another player. Um, doesn't, I guess that's, that's a whole other optical optics conversation. The problem that was not actually, I mean, it was slightly addressed by Mark Watson in, in the piece was like just our complete lack of depth at center back. Um, and the fact that, he didn't seem to think that we lacked depth when everybody and their mother has been telling Minnesota United that they need to get, they need more center back depth and they need to get younger at center back. (laughs) It's been, it's been, it's been a topic of conversation for the last three years with this team. Um, Every, we all talk about it after this in the off season, like, Hey, it'd be nice if we bring in like a 23, 24, 25 year old center back, we can build around. Um, you know, and we draft center backs like 20, 21, but then they don't ever play or they get mm-hmm. loaned out or whatever. So it's like, we haven't, this is so yes. Is, is there more depth on this team generally? Yes. I will. I will give Adrian Heath and Mark Watson that modicum of credit. Is that depth properly uh, allocated? No. <laughs> I mean, it is not. How many times in the last uh, two years have, Callum Montgomery and Kevin Gucci been called up to start at center back. Zero. Kevin Kevin Gucci started once in the midfield for us this season. Yep. Uh, and 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 that's it. So, you know, this depth that you claim to have, again, are we just waiting till our best eleven breaks down to then say, oh yeah, go in try do this because you probably should have been rotating the squad and giving them little peaks in there against select opponents, you know, when you can afford to do so. Um, so that's, it's just frustrating to see. Yes. We have some depth. We don't use it. And I don't think we have as much depth as they think at that position. Shout out to Bruce McGuire, who even when we had Icopara said, Michael Parra is not a number one. He's a number two, just given his age and speed. And Michael Boxel is a number three, and we should be looking for a number one. We should be looking for a Walker Zimmerman, Miles Robinson. Bruce was saying that back when we had Michael Parra, and I feel like it's doubly true now. We we need that was, someone. That was like four fucking years ago, man. I know. <laughs> so well, long like, ago. So again, as someone who cares a lot about defense and defensive positions and what you do when you don't have the ball, you need people who are defensively minded, not just people who play center back, you know, but like there are attacking center backs and there are, there are defensive minded center back. You need people that are defensive minded that you don't have to teach to care about not letting in goals. Um, We, 
David, you and I play sports. You know, we we've both played goalie before. We've probably both played defense before. We know what it's like to face, you know, three on ones or five on twos and people coming at you and not having enough people back. You just need smarter people back there. Anyway, rant over, but we need a center back. Uh, yeah, for sure. It's, um, yeah, we've needed, we've needed better center backs for the last three years. We've, you know, to the team's credit, they've, they've, the defense has generally held up pretty well, but it's been, uh, um, clearly we've seen what happens when the, uh, the team doesn't have the requisite, uh, resources and, you know, God forbid Coleman or Boxo goes down (laughs) then we're, Doubly, doubly SOL. So, uh, okay. So the two losses means we dropped six points. We now sit in fifth place, still above the playoff line at 44 points. Uh, that's we're one point behind Nashville, uh, who's on 45 points in fourth place and two points behind FC Dallas. Who's at 46 points. Um, we do have a game in hand on both teams though. So if we win that game in hand, we would jump uh, back up to third. So it all is not lost. This was not a great week. Um, I think six points would have basically secured our playoff uh, positioning um, or at yep. least secured us a play, secured us a playoff spot and probably would have guaranteed that we finished in, you know, top, top four. Uh, now the team has some work to do and they don't have an easy schedule um, going, you know, running into the, the, the playoffs. Obviously, you know, it, it's great that we end um, at home against the Whitecaps who are in currently in 10th place right now. And, Looked good for a little while, but have kind of fallen off the cliff. Um, so that should be good. We play San Jose at San Jose. That should be three points. If we win those two games, you know, should pretty much guarantee us a playoff spot. However, you know, the team said before the season started that playoff making the playoffs wasn't the goal. The goal was to host. Like the expectation mm-hmm. should be hosting a playoff game. Mm-hmm. And you know, we we put ourselves in a pretty we put ourselves in a hole in, in regards to that. We obviously control our destiny which is great, but clearly um, this could have been better. And, you know, even four points or three points here would have, you know, we would still been in that third place spot. So just because I'm late to everything, one other player personnel thing, we also have lack depth at center attacking midfield, otherwise known as the number 10. And we've talked before, like, what do we do when Ray goes down? Uh, Lude and Dotson. We're going to yep. see Lude. Yeah. It was Lude, Lude and Dotson. Dotson both have shown abilities to play there, but how much are we missing Jacore Hayes right now? I mean, yeah. Uh, and this goes to the point of David, you earlier, just like when you look at how the team tried to prepare for this year, other than the glaring holes at, at center back and attacking midfielder, for the most part, they did a pretty good job at, you know, you know, like, let's get a bunch of strikers, see who works out. Let's get a bunch of wingers, see who works out. Let's get a bunch of central midfielders, see who works out. And we had depth at those positions. I mean, that's true. We we had, I mean, we had depth at the central attacking mid with Jacory Hayes and Robin Lude. And then we lose Hayes and, and, and Hassani Dotson. Then we lose, we lose Hayes and Dotson. And then of course, I mean, it's just, it's a, a cascading thing, right? Because yeah, yeah, we lose Wea. We lose. I mean, it's we lose Wea. We lose Dotson. So Dotson, you know, who could fill in pretty much anywhere on the pitch. Yeah. Um, then we lose. So then Trap goes out. So then we, you know, we're 
we don't have the you know the midfield depth that we you know the midfield depth then is because like, you got Hayes is gone, Dotson's gone, Met so gone. Robin Lude's got to drop there. So it's it's just it's a it's a cascading you know yeah. problem that the team you know clearly you know obviously if we would have had this problem in the first two years, like we would have, I don't know if we would have gotten even 15 points in the league. We're, right? we're not so, making the playoffs. <laughs> you know, like, so like we're, we're, it's, it's a, you know, it's a good, it's, it's good that we have the depth that we have. However, I don't think to, you know, I think to your point, MJ, I don't think the depth is as deep or as good as they, as the team thought it was at the beginning of the season. Yeah. They, they so. made choices of where to focus. And that was not on defense. They made choices to focus on more attacking positions in their depth and in their off-season, you know, targeting acquisitions, however you say that. Right. I still blame Heath, though, for the the, <laughs> the depth. Let's throw Mark Watson in the under the bus suit. No, I just I blame Heath because he made choices to play all of these players into the dirt. And so I blame him for the depth of our injuries right now. What have we seen I mean, this before? That's yeah, no, that is a hundred percent true. Um, like Reynoso keeps playing. Yeah, no, he just, he, he uses them up. Yeah. So Minnesota has an interesting run in, um, Obviously, we have Portland, who's currently in seventh place on Saturday. Then we have LAFC, who's currently in first place on the following Tuesday. <clears throat> um, then we end with San Jose, Sporting, and Vancouver, who are all um, not in the playoffs. Uh, San Jose and Sporting uh, on the road, and then Vancouver at home to end the season. So, you know, Minnesota, again, I, I said, Minnesota has a game in hand. They control their destiny if they want to. You know, they could host. They could finish third. Um, you know, if you're going to finish in, in the playoffs, honestly, I want to stay away from LAFC as long as possible. So I want to mm-hmm. finish either third uh, or honestly, sixth or seventh. So, um, you know, that's what I'd be playing for if I was, uh, if I was Minnesota, but again, beggars can't be choosers uh, in terms of hosting playoff games. So, right. And, and to be fair, LAFC has not had the greatest track record in the playoffs. So, there is also that. So, uh, all right. Anything else on, on, you know, where we sit, um, anything so, on the, the team generally in the last last week or so other than despair. Don't be, don't be in despair. We're still, we control our destiny. Minnesota's you I think keep saying that. Are you better trying to team convince me or you both? <laughs> okay. Fair. Um, the listeners, Listen. yes. It's all about the listeners. Yeah. He's trying to convince the listeners. <laughs> okay. I said I said so I said after when I, that tweet uh after the RSL match, I think it was like on Thursday or something. Um, you know, the team has has bought some goodwill with how they've played. But even I even said like but you know, see what happens on Saturday and like goodwill might be completely gone. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we have generally played will like we'll talk about portland in the second half of the podcast we generally have played pretty well against portland we've had kind of had portland's number um you know so one good game could turn things around obviously it's turn around it's always darkest before the dawn as they as they say so 
and I'm, if they're going to fuck up like this, I'm much rather they fuck up in, in September as opposed to October or November. So, well, I just really don't want to have to go back out to port. Like I just keep replaying my Portland trip in my head. And it was, that game was so disappointing. Kind of traumatic. I'm working through some trauma. <laughs> well, to be fair, we're not going to have to go probably play Portland. If anything, we'll have to go to Nashville uh, or maybe Dallas um, if we have to travel for the playoffs. So, okay. So there, you know, there you go. All right. Kind of fun. Yeah. And then UFC two lost. Uh, so following the, the FC Dallas game, the, uh, the doubloons played North Texas SC. Um, they lost two to one to North Texas. Uh, Azil Jackson got the goal from Minnesota United FC two. Yes, and he did. And then UFC two announced a couple or three, uh, season ending injuries, uh, defender Jason Ramos suffered a torn ACL. Malik Jesse Khan uh, had labral repair surgery. And then Emmanuel Iwa, 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 uh from is he from St. Cloud, MJ? Is that where Iwa went to school? St. Cloud State? Yeah, he went to St. Cloud State. Yep. He had a midfoot ligament repair, reparative surgery on his right foot. So all three of those guys are out for the rest of the year. Hopefully they are able to recover and get back to it. Uh, next year, anyway, had one, you know, once seven. a goat, once a yeah. goat, joy, joy athletic. Uh, yep. Uh, he's, a, he's a really cool story. Hopefully, you know, I said, hopefully he recovers well and, and, and can come back and, and, you know, make a, make a run with him and you'll see two next year. So, okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk some gopher soccer, Minnesota Aurora, and then talk about that upcoming Portland match this coming Saturday. We'll be right back. Yeah. You won't all right and we are back we're going to talk some women's soccer here first before we jump into the match against portland we'll start off with gopher soccer gophers played two or sorry one home match one away match this past weekend uh they beat drake four to nothing on Thursday at the Robbie uh, and then beat North Dakota uh, away um, up in uh, Grand Forks, I assume yes. uh, three to one, um, which is great. <coughs> that I think puts the Gophers record at two, three and one, uh, which is pretty respectable considering some of the opponents that they played. They have they two tough non-conference, tough non-conference schedule. Yep. And they have two more non-conference matches here before they start the big 10 season. Omaha is coming up this Thursday. Uh, the 8th of September at 6 p.m. at the at the Robbie, and then Marquette on Sunday, 9-11, uh, never forget, at 1 p.m. again at the at the Robbie, which should be easier to get to when there's not a state fair going on. So if you want to try and get out to some matches, the Gopher soccer matches are fun. It's the the they they actually stop the clock. Um, the time runs down. It's it's a little weird. It's a little dis just combobulating if you're not you know if you don't know what to expect they can make multiple changes it's it's the, the substitution rules are just bonkers if you, yeah ncaa substitution rules are, are really weird but they're they're fun games to, to watch and then uh i think elizabeth law robbie stadium is is super nice uh the the the, feel, the pitch is gorgeous um it's a it's a great place to watch a game so if you can get out there we highly recommend getting out and watching some gopher soccer um, either this weekend or um, during the Big Ten season. So check it out. Uh, all right, Minnesota Aurora. 
Uh, there's still the news. Kenzie Langdock, who uh, signed with Portuguese club uh, Torrense uh, after the season, has scored uh, two goals for them. She came on in the, in the very first game that they played, and like she scored in like 10 minutes into the game, um, which was awesome. And then in their second game, she scored another goal. So she scored two two straight matches for uh, Torrense, which is the t- team that she signed for. And then Annie Williams, another Aurora player, Signed with Parma. Uh, yes, that Parma from Italy. I believe that's the team that Mike Piazza tried to take over or took over and then ran into the ground, if I'm not mistaken, um, for cross sports references there for everybody. Uh, but it's great. I, and I. it sounds like there's at least one or two other Aurora players who are looking to sign professional contracts. So the uh, women's uh, professional soccer season for most of Europe starts this weekend, I think, correct, MJ? I think the WSL starts this weekend. I think most of the European leagues start this weekend. So sounds right. They, yeah, they've been on international break. So yeah, don't don't be surprised if there's a couple more uh, Aurora signings for uh, international teams, which would be really really freaking cool. So so wait a minute, Kenzie Langdock uh, signed to the same as Morgan Turner. Oh, maybe it's more, maybe I'm, okay. Yes, you're right. It's Morgan Turner who scored two goals, not Kenzie yes, Langdock. Morgan Turner. Signed in Portugal. I think Kenzie Langdock was trying to sign with a team, if I'm okay. not mistaken. Morgan Turner. Yes, you're right. You're right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Morgan Turner. She's the one who's got two goals for for Torrance. Yeah. But I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Kenzie Langdock had has been in negotiations with several teams. So it's she probably. This is, good news. This is probably like why she's on like back of my mind. So yes, sorry, Morgan Turner. Portland coming up this coming Saturday at 9 p.m. Uh, Portland's on a bit of a hot streak right now. They have three straight wins. They had two huge wins last week, uh, beating Austin and uh, Atlanta. Austin away, I believe, and then Atlanta at home on Sunday. They're currently in seventh place, 42 points. They're two points uh, shy of the Loons. But as I mentioned, they have three straight wins. They're 5-0-3. Oh, um, no losses in their last uh, at ho- eight at-home matches. Uh, they basically haven't lost it in since May, since late May at Providence Park. So, but as I mentioned, the Loons have had good luck against Portland. Uh, four wins, one loss in their last five, uh, including a four, uh, or sorry, three wins, one loss, and a draw, um, including a four-four draw in Minnesota earlier this year. That was a hell of a match. Again, Minnesota's had some luck in Providence Park in the last uh, the last few years. Obviously, not at the end of the at the season last year, uh, where they lost three to one, but there's always a chance. So anybody in particular, MJ or Jess, that you want to highlight for uh, Portland before I jump in? Um, uh, attacker, uh, midfielder, I don't know, like, I guess he's more of a central midfielder, but they play him all over the place. Eric Williamson yep. is having a very good year. Indeed he is. Um, I will point out uh, Gio Savarisi, who was the man I wanted to coach Minnesota United way back when. Uh, he has this team playing as more like a four-two-three-one on the road. Um, they played a three-four-two-one at home on Sunday. Uh, the big difference was that Claudio Bravo, uh, who played I think right back, um, moved sort of into more of a central midfield, and the Chara brothers, along with uh, Santiago Moreno and Claudio Bravo, sort of made up that sort of four, and that gives Portugal or sorry, not Portugal, Portland. With Sebastian uh, Blanco and Sebastian Blanco, yeah, give them with, but also like some 
um, ability to, you know, to pass over, for example, a midfield like Minnesota and RSL, the RS thinking back to that RSL game. So, uh, I mean, it's over on Chara cards. <laughs> I mean, you got to set it at, at two, I mean, or one and a half basically is, is probably the, so for both Chara brothers, Last game, game, the 4-4 draw at Allianz, I set it at 1.5. They each got a yellow card in the first half, like, within, like, five minutes of each other. Well, there's uh, the uh, Jimmy and, and Diego Chara uh, certainly have no love lost for Minnesota United. No. Specifically for Franco Fragapane, who conveniently mm. is going to be missing this match. Because of mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yellow card accumulation. Oh, maybe it's You're adding... MJ Anon. Yeah, that's MJ conspiracy. Yeah. Just needs to be consp- missing this match. Wait, is the conspiracy that Adrian Heath told Franco Fragapane to get a yellow card so that he would miss the match? Mm-hmm. Or that Franco yeah. Fragapane, knowing that he was going to racially abuse one of the Chara brothers, got a yellow card so he didn't have to racially abuse them? Yes. Um, so was he trying be to be such a big thing? I like, think he, he I'm took not sure. one for the team. I'm not so sure which he, is worse. Which is worse that Heath asked him to do it or that he was like, you know what? If if I see those guys, I'm gonna racially abuse them, so I should probably get a yellow card instead. Listen, which one's worse? An it was an unspoken tacit, like not head nod, eye wink kind of thing. The MG and on parlors is is like three levels deep, y'all. We we have to take this at the first level is just that he doesn't know how to control his temper, so he gets a second yellow card. But the, the second level is that he needs to go on a romantic getaway, and so he just he needs a vacation. But the, the really ultra-deep level of this, like we're talking George Soros level, is that just that. Like, he's trying to be a better person, and he, know he, he knows he can't face the Chara brothers without... Like, Without using racially charged language. Listen, in Spanish, if you don't know what the word for black is in Spanish, look it up. It's there's some cultural, you know, cross cultural, mistranslated things going on here. But that Mostly, said, allegedly, I've t- I've talked with native Spanish speakers about this, and they said, yeah, you just shouldn't use that word, like especially not in the United States. And I was like, yeah, I get it. So, but One yeah, like basically, David, they would MJ Nine is claiming that that he's trying to be a better player, and then he knows his limits. He knows that he can't do it, so he's just removing himself from the falling equation. on his sword. Well, what so, a good guy! Yeah, what a good guy. <laughs> um, the only other player I will highlight, who because you'll probably score on us, is uh, Daron Asperia. Uh, he's the he plays the one in whatever formation Gio Savarisi will line up, either the three four two one or the four two three one. Um, he's up top. Big dude likes to score goals. Uh, he's got a couple in the last uh, the last couple games here. Um, so definitely always a threat to score against Minnesota United. What about the Polish which, dude? Which Polish? Why is it dude? always got to be about the Polish with you? Which Polish dude, are you talking about? He's Goda. Yeah, he's not Yar- Yaroslav Goda. He hasn't been playing much, man. Okay. So um, I think he's coming in, uh, you know, he's, he's been a second half sub for most of the, most of the games, but yeah, I mean, when he comes in, he, Osprey, Osprey stays up, he stays up and, and he generally finishes the games up top. So, okay. um, 
when Nishikoda's coming in, he's coming in for like a uh, Yumi Chara or somebody like that. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, he's more. He, they've kind of moved him to to a winger spot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he's so good. he is. I mean, definitely, you can definitely score against uh, this Portland team. So, you know, Minnesota has to. This one Don't sucks. Go gadget scoring. Because I, do, I mean, we we. We don't. I don't think we're gonna see Bruno. So um, we definitely are not gonna have uh, Fragapane in this game uh, because of yellow cards. Again, I'm no assuming Reynoso. I'm assuming Reynoso doesn't travel uh, and risk another injury. Um, so you know, Minnesota is gonna be shorthanded again. Um, we're not gonna have our full complement of attackers. I would assume that Lude slots into the the ten um, or Minnesota goes and plays more of a four, four three, three, three. Yep. Um, without, so without a 10 and, you know, I guess in that case you could, you know, you put, so if you, if you play a four, three, three lewd, Amaria, Bongi up top. With sure. No Fragapane. And then what? Uh, Trap, Trap Gonzalez, Gonzalez, Gonzalez and, and Ariaga. Uh, yeah, I guess Ariaga. I, I don't want to, I guess, yeah, Rosales has been uh, persona non grata for the last few matches. Um, he's not played well. So, yeah, I guess I guess you would have Ariaga. Those would be the three I saw. If you're not putting Hongwane up in the right wing spot and you need dude there, then you don't have him in the central midfield. But you no, know, I think you, no, I think you have, I think you have Bongi on the right and Lute on the left, which is, you know, again, fucking stupid, but why not know, bring McMaster, put McMaster on the left. McMaster, run faster. Anyway. Um, I mean, y- yeah, but. We know that's not going to happen. And so. what fucking point has he done it? Like what's, yeah, let's actually talk yeah. about actual. Okay. Like, like yeah, realistic things reality, that might happen. Yeah. yeah, I mean, long ago that it was unrealistic to expect Heath to make a sub, let alone five. What I would like is is put uh, Menor Garcia on the left, and and Benitez on the right. Mender, what's he mending? But yeah, that's just wait. Like a front three, a front three of Mender Garcia, Lu- Luis Amaria, and Alan Benitez, because he's shit on defense anyway. Just put him up there with his Paraguayan buddy. They've been. They've known each other since 12, 12 years old or whatever like that. Just have those two, like, have him play right wing instead of right fullback and, you know. Free ball? Just, like, free? You know, this he'll never do it, but, um, you know, if you do, like, if you did, like, a 3-4-3. Three, three, <clears throat> yes. Um, with Benitez on, you know, on the right of that four. Yes, Kamar, that, that would be more. Kamar Lawrence on the left. Uh. Yeah, Trap and and Gonzalez with Lude, Bongi and Amaria up top. Yeah, yeah, fucking it's better than the Christmas tree shit that they rolled out against uh, RSL. So stay off the trees, man. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's jump to predictions. Uh, MJ, what do you got yeah. for a prediction here? Okay, you remember when you guys are all like negative on me being negative last week? I thought they would get one point, a draw, and a loss. You guys would say, like, oh, they get a draw and a win, they'll get two wins, all this bullshit. So yeah, they, they go to Portland and they lose, motherfuckers. Even though we we have had Savarese's number for what five out of the six last games. 
No, we, we, we go to Portland and we lose. That's what's going to happen. The score, I, you know how and, this and, works. What's the score? Uh, three nothing. A third straight three nothing. That'd be pretty. Yeah, uh, three nothing. We don't score. No Reynoso. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a convincing argument. However, again, I think we have Portland's number. I think this is a a scrappy one one draw. And uh, Jess, what do you got? Oh God, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say it's a two-one when we lose. Two-one loss. <clears throat> All right. Okay. Uh, well, that is uh, Portland. Uh, you can watch that game. It's 9 p.m. Uh, on Saturday night. I assume oh, that. Oh yes, it's late. It's night. I assume that it will be on at the black heart in the back room. Um, if not check the, check the, the black heart Twitter feed. Wes is trying pretty good about letting people know when the game, where the game will be showed or whatever. Um, so I know he's shown most of the game. So um, if that's the case, I'll probably be there. Otherwise I'll let you all know where I'm watching and we can all watch together. So like friends. <laughs> Uh, there's a, a little bit of a little bit of world soccer going on. Uh, U.S. Women's National Team played a friendly against Nigeria on Saturday, winning winning four to nothing. Uh, Sophia Smith had a couple of goals, a couple of very gorgeous goals, actually, if I'm not mistaken. There was one that was uh, just like a banger from distance, right? Yep, and then she had a another one that was, she kind of like rounded the keeper and, and, and tucked it in. So yeah. And uh, Lindsay was, uh, Horan had, had a really nice, like it was like four passes and in. Or yeah, it was, it was, that was great for her. Cause she's, she did not look super great in the CONCACAF uh, women's no, qualifying. No. She so like she was struggling to be herself. Yes. So it was great to see her get a goal. Um, and then I don't even know who got the fourth goal. Uh, I know that U.S. Women's National Team plays Nigeria again um, today. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, I believe 5 p.m. is the kickoff, uh, but I'm not 100% sure. It is definitely on uh, 5, 5 p.m. Central. 5 p.m. Central. Okay. It, it so if you want to check out Audi Field in Washington, D.C. Okay. Um, so if you want to watch, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you want to watch the U.S. Women's National Team play, uh, get yourself to the Black Art uh, right now. The reason why I forgot about the fourth goal is I didn't even tweet it out. It was a penalty by Alex Morgan. So. Okay. For some reason, I thought it was Morgan who scored, but I, I missed towards the end of that game because we were heading over to the uh, to the Loons. So uh, then in the other, the Merseyside Derby happened on 6.30 on Saturday morning. MJ, did you, were you up and did you get over to the No, no, I, I was uh, nursing my broomball loss from the previous evening. Uh, and uh, yeah, when I play broomball from 9.30 to 11 p.m. and then sit around in the parking lot, chat with people, um, you know, I get home around 11.30, 11.45 p.m. And then it probably takes me about two to three hours to wind down and fall asleep. So despite, uh, I ended up going to bed around 3 a.m. on Saturday morning. And despite setting an alarm for 6 a.m. to get to Ladonia with my fellow Minnesota Tavis, I woke up and then I turned that alarm off and I didn't hit snooze, didn't pass go, didn't collect $200. And I went Attaboy. right back to fucking sleep. Attaboy. That's so, but I, I heard Pickford stood on his head. I heard VAR robbed us of a goal. that was like by someone who was a Academy 
Liverpool player, uh, Cody. You don't say. Right? Anyway. Yeah. But uh, what was your take on the? I heard Allison had had to make a couple saves. He did. Um, the uh, Liverpool hit the post four times, I believe, including uh, one in the like 93rd minute. Uh, Mo Salah That's hard to do. Hit, hit the inside of the post and it, it squirted out. Um, I don't know. The game was, in spite of it being a 0-0 draw, was, was quite fun. I um, also went to bed at like 2 o'clock in the morning, um, got up with kids at like 3.30, uh, and then you're went a monster. Back to bed you're and you're still, amazing. And still was at the Blackheart at 6:25 a.m. to watch Liverpool with uh, Corey Shreppel and Andy Call, uh, fellow Andy, yeah, who's yeah. a fellow Everton fan of yours, um, yeah, and yeah. me and Corey, Liverpool fans. Uh, we even um, so yeah, I was just sitting there drinking coffee, and uh, Corey made a McDonald's run at halftime, um, which is which is awesome. Ugh. So yeah, so. Yeah, so, so in spite of it being a zero-zero draw, it was actually a quite entertaining game. Yeah, the they the Cody goal, the Connor Cody goal. Um, I mean, it was offside barely. If they had called that one a uh, a goal, I don't think I, I definitely wasn't gonna. I mean, we were talking about it like while I was like while looking at the VAR stuff. We're like, yeah, that's really borderline. If they call it offside, it makes sense. If they call it a goal, that also makes sense. But when they did the lines, he was barely offside. Um, uh, Everton hit the woodwork one time as well. So it wasn't just Liverpool that were sort of unlucky with hitting the frame. Um, but yeah, it was just generally a, an intense derby. Uh, that is for sure. So the way it should be or something. Exactly. Um, you know, the last thing is that Champions League kicks off tomorrow or today. If you're listening to this podcast on Tuesday. Group Games stage are, just starting. Yeah, it's going to be hard and hard and fast for the next uh, two months or so, because they're basically playing almost every midweek. There's going to be games, whether they're um, league games, Carabao cup games, champions league games. Uh, I will be um, actually, I won't be at the black art tomorrow. I don't think, cause I'm, I have some work stuff I have to do, but Wednesday uh, Liverpool plays Napoli in Napoli. And so I will be at the black art for most of the um, champions league matches in the afternoon. So if you ever have some time off of work and you want to pop in any listeners, whatever, uh, Buckhart more often, like I say like 99% of the games will be open at 2 PM. Again, check the Twitter feed. Uh, Wes is pretty, I guess I'm pretty good about letting people know when the, when the schedule is and someone will be there. So now before you accuse me of being a dick and cheering for Napoli, just because I want Liverpool to lose, I want you to know that Fenerbahce got rid of Kim Min Jae, my favorite Korean center center back. And, and he is now playing at Napoli. So uh, my favorite Korean center back plays for Napoli, Kim Min Jae, like his initials are MJ. I mean, like, and he's fucking good. So uh, I will be cheering for Napoli also because I want to be a dick and see Liverpool lose. Okay. I hope he gets, uh, I hope someone breaks his leg. <laughs> well, I so. think it is the Mambo song, a girl wants in Napoli. No. Anyway, go on. The girl from Ipanema is not Napoli, but that no, this but, is the Hey Mambo, something something Italiano. Oh, anyway. I don't know that song. Try an empanada. <laughs> Baklavada. Something. All right. Uh that's that 
this one petered out guys this is, that pretty much wraps everything up it was, like, it was a long it was a long weekend i think everybody's a little fried and frustrated <laughs> with minnesota united let's uh oh, we love let's, minnesota united on the spot what are you talking let's about re, let's regroup uh let's go out and oh, the, oh. next week next week we have a very special guest oh that's right yeah i was gonna say um the U.S. Open Cup final is this Wednesday. If you want to check that out, it's uh, Sacramento playing Orlando in Orlando, which is really cool. Sacramento is a USL team, so um, not very often. I think this is the first time in like 12 or 13 years, something like that, where there has been a, a lower division team in the final. So that's really cool. So check it out on Wednesday. And then MJ alluded to uh, next week, we're going to have a very special guest, uh, Mel, who is the she's on the Waterwall board with me. She's also a capo drummer for Aurora. She drums for the Thunderwall in Minnesota United games. So she's going to join the podcast. Um, also one of the leaders of the uh, Revanchulet, the Minnesota Aurora supporter group to talk. And hopefully we'll be able to talk a little bit about SG stuff and Aurora. Um, we and have a, all Aurora, kinds of awesome. And all kinds of awesome. She is very cool. Um and she's very excited to be on a podcast. So it's nothing else. She's super excited to join us. MJ, is there anything else that I'm missing on Mel? No, just uh, the, for our 12 listeners, please, if you have questions for Mel about Revanchalit or Thunderwall related issues, please uh, hit us up on the Twitter addresses Dave's going to read for you now. Yep. Uh, and then I also say, too, is we're, I am in discussions with Andy Greeter to get him on the podcast again probably closer to the end of the season so Andy, uh, we, can Andy. we can chat playoffs showrunner, and, David you are the best showrunner thank you <laughs> we can chat playoffs and things like that with uh with Greed. I know he's pretty busy with uh go for soccer right now um or go for football that now that they started playing again so we'll try and squeeze out some time for us we can we can give him shit about spurs so all right uh please rate review the podcast wherever you get it uh patreon.com slash the Daves I know the uh Twitter handle if you want to ask questions of us or of Mel or of greeter in a couple weeks uh, at TDIKMN. You can always find me at Texas Zeller. MJ is at MJ Matsui. And Jess is at Jessica1440839. Niner. Niner. Two. Just the one niner in that in that email or that uh, Twitter handle. All right. Thanks, everybody. Um, enjoy the week. Hopefully, you're the, the short week. Hopefully, you're, you're working today. It's Labor Day. And, uh, and we'll see y'all um, on Saturday at the Blackheart for minnesota united and portland timbers we've been the names you know this is the the names i know As you do yours, land here, become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Who the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all, 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 y'